Whatever became of your white pony? E.J. asked. I found she was too old to travel anymore when I first arrived in Velivar, so I gave her to a family with small children. The family were my traveling companions as I crossed the plains of Lunto, and the children were kind. Daisy was happy to stay with them. Ah, she was a sweet friend. I know you miss her. E.J. put his arm around Fiona's shoulder and hugged her as they walked. I do miss her, Fiona confessed. We could visit them on our way back if you like. She looked to E.J. to see his answer. He smiled and gave her a nod. The three finally arrived at the edge of the Autumnwood Forest. If there are any elves here, they will know of us before we know of them. Roe warned. Our forest cousins are not always so welcoming. His eyes shifted around at the shadows, making sure they were just that, shadows. This part of the land crawls with trolls, and lords knows what else might find us, Rose said with a cautionary tone. The forest was proving to be thicker and darker than they realized. The farther they traveled into it, the more confused they became. Maybe we should find a high rest, Fiona suggested. Roe boosted Fiona and then his brother into a sturdy-looking tree and then hoisted himself into another limb nearby. As they climbed higher, Fiona spotted a firelight a short distance away. Should we go? she asked. As I recall, there was a wizard who once lived nearby, Rovash said, trying to remember. But that would have been such a long time ago. The light could be anyone or anything by now. A wizard? Fiona was so excited by the prospect. She did not hear anything else and already was climbing down before they could stop her. Welcome to Tales of Eldalorn. I am your author-narrator, Carly Bond. You have been listening to Chapter 21, Hermit's Hovel. So far, our elven friends have been traveling cross-country to visit their homeland of Eldalorn. There is a lot of excitement and trepidation and some serious sadness for the events that had happened in the past. And now for the rest of the story. Luckily, it was the wizard Sibylus' old cottage, and thankfully, he was still there. The old hovel clung to the water's edge, looking like it would collapse into it at any minute. The wizard was more than a little bit eccentric. His name was known to Fiona because he had visited her papa on several occasions when she was growing up. Fiona knocked on the door, and Sibylist recognized her immediately. E.J. and Roe were relieved she wasn't blindly leading them into trouble. Fiona just happened to have some fresh pipe leaf she picked up in Kamloo. She made a gift of it to Sibylist. She smokes a pipe, Roe whispered, 
trying not to look disgusted at the thought of it. Yes, the wizard pipe is not as bad as it seems. EJ sounded like he was trying to convince himself otherwise. I have tried it, he confessed, nodding with his attention still riveted on watching the wizard, who was admiring Fiona's gift and thanking her for it. It is madness, Roe was mortified as he glared at his brother. Yes, yes it is, EJ agreed, quickly glancing at Roe. Doing this thing is a wizard tradition. It's important to Fiona. EJ stood there with a thin smile plastered on his face, nodding his head as he and his brother watched politely from across the entryway. After the pleasantries, they all sat down to dine on a small meal of fresh fruit and greens. Fiona and EJ helped clean the dishes and put them away when they were done. Many small animals were hiding in the dark corners around the room, watching the invasion of elves, but not willing to share themselves with strangers. A small furry creature, in bold curiosity, plopped accidentally off a nearby shelf into Rose's startled lap. He held the tiny animal up gently in his hand to inspect it for injuries and found none. After admiring each other for a moment, Roe looked around for the animal's home. He finally spied another larger animal of the same kind, pacing back and forth on top of a nearby cabinet. Do not be so quick to leave your mother, little one, Roe whispered as he held it up near his face, peering into its shiny brown eyes. He then returned the little one to its fretting parent. What is the news of Edelin? Fiona finally asked as she and Ejla moved to the hearth for the evening visit. Rovash brought his comfortable chair closer to the conversation. Sibylus packed his pipe with some of the new leaf as he spoke. I am sorry to have to tell you that the last of their company has all departed to Atto's Landing over one hundred years ago. The wizard shook his head sadly. The mortal realm is a poorer place at their loss. Humans are filling in the spaces bringing new inventions. Soon the land will be unrecognizable. He looked thoughtfully at the three. It is good you're not alone and have each other. Sibylus understood the true nature of elves. I heard tales of elves far to the south on an island. Fiona sounded hopeful. That was long ago, Sibylus said, when there were still elves in the forest. I do not hold a hope at this late time. However, see, look at you. He paused contemplatively. You never really know, do you? He trailed off, looking closer at each of them again, as he puffed slowly on his pipe. Fiona was suddenly tired. It was glaringly apparent they might be the last elves left in the whole realm. She was glad they had each other. Seeing Fiona's weariness and deep disappointment, EJ asked the wizard where they were going to be staying for the night. Sibylus brought them to a hallway that had three doors where they could stay for the evening. 
The wizard's place was magically deceptive. From the outside, you would see the fallen-down shack, but on the inside, the one room branched off into many places and spaces that would appear as the wizard needed them. Fiona had seen this kind of magic before and cautioned the others not to wander at night. For safety, they decided to stay together in the same room that was nearest the main living area. The room had a wonderfully oversized bed. The four corner posts were made up of live trees that seemed to be in a forest setting. Its canopy was woven branches that were alive with faint sparkling lights. A ghostly white deer silently wandered past the edge of the room and walked through the wall. I am sure he just wants us to feel at home, so the place is faded into the landscape, Fiona explained. Can you do this magic? Roe whispered to her in fascination. No, but maybe Master Sybilis could teach me someday. EJ curled up into Fiona's back with his arms around her. Good night, Roe, she said, but was surprised to find he was already starting to snore. She felt EJ's arms tighten as he pulled himself up to kiss her gently on the back of the neck. Sleep well, my love. EJ breathed into her ear. Fiona smiled and fell deep asleep in his warm embrace. As morning came, it was another day. The sun already shone hot and bright as they followed the steamy forest path south along the east side of the Vodla River. Fiona could tell the brothers were excited to visit their old homelands once again. Many times I had followed this river to scout for some enemy forces during the Great War. We could be at Eldalorn in one day if we moved swiftly. Roe could see they agreed, so he took the lead. He started off at a medium pace, and soon they were at the edge of the Ilian Henny Gardens. Rovash led them to his uncle and his father's worn graves. The place was hot and dry, and there was no real shade from the sun except the rocky overhang that sheltered the old marker stones. E.J. crouched down, placing his hand on his mother's name. It was just barely visible now on the hard stone surface that had been so carefully carved centuries ago. He traced the lines with his finger, feeling the cold, rough stone. Rovash sat nearby on the ground braiding wreaths from yellow and white wildflowers that he'd gathered. Fiona kept watch. Do you mind waiting here while I retrieve some things for Dakin from inside the old outpost? Roe asked, finally breaking the solemn mood. He hung the wreaths off the top of the stones. Fiona watched him go as he turned towards the hidden passageway in the cliffside that led further into the hills. 
We will wait, E.J. answered wistfully, in deep thought, but his brother had already gone. Fiona, in understanding, put her arm around his shoulder, and they sat down quietly among the rocks to enjoy the sunshine for a while. The garden was profusely populated with multicolored mounds of wildflowers and young spindly trees. Everything was thin and weedy-looking. This surely is not the grandeur of song and legend this place had once known, E.J. whispered, knowing she could always hear him. E.J. watched a bird land on a nearby branch next to what looked like an old nest. Feeling a growing anxiety, he decided to look around rather than bake on a rock in the sun. Half hidden by a layer of brambling brush near the water's edge, they found the broken-down, hollowed remains of the vast Malorn trees that once lived there. I hope our mother's home has not suffered such a fate, E.J. mumbled sadly, remembering the life the magnificent trees once shared with he and his brother. I see her name on the stone, but our mother is not here, Ejlam frowned. My heart feels bruised again at seeing such a thing. Humankind needs reminders, Fiona said. Even stone cannot stay to tell the tale. Ejlam blinked to try to stop his eyes from watering. Fiona's fingers squeezed his hand as a reminder of her support. They looked into each other's faces. Fiona could feel EJ's anxiety. It has been such a long time, Fiona reminded him. He nodded as he hugged her to his heart. I must stay with you, Fiona, and not so deeply visit the past, EJ sadly said. He was trying to let go of the grief that haunted him. The couple came upon the cooling spray of a single water spout splashing down off the high cliff. It felt good in the broiling sun. They didn't hesitate to let the shower engulf them. Fiona stroked Ejlam's hair in the falling water, untangling the ends. He let the rush of the water and Fiona's gentle hands calm his heart. Rovash arrived just in time to see his brother start to smile again. He sat on a nearby deadfall waiting for them to finish cooling off. No, I do not wish to be wearing damp clothes. Rose smiled at the soaked pair as he declined an invitation to join them. Too soon the steam will rise and make you sorry in this heat. But we are not far from Eldalorn now, so it matters not. He faintly scowled to himself in the hot sun as they headed west out of the garden. And then we won't have to wear clothes anymore. EJ smiled at the prospect of going full-on natural Edelin. Really? Fiona looked puzzled. Yes, Fiona, EJ assured her. It is the elven way. Very funny. Fiona poked EJ in the arm. 
Last one to the river eats rotten eggs, Rovash's voice boomed, but he was already running away. Fiona and Eachlin burst into laughter at the sudden eruption. Not willing to pass up a challenge, they quickly joined the race. Please do not hesitate to let me know what you think of the new podcast format. In my crazy, artsy way, I like to think out of the box sometimes, and we're here to read the book, or rather listen to the book in your case. And I believe that in most cases, less is best. Unlike Fiona, who's going to have to learn to stop and think about things before she takes off running... And you know what they say about the path of good intentions. It is paved with maiming and darkness and blood-splattered walls and all kinds of horror, especially if you're from Angali. So hang on to your seats and we'll see you next week for some more of Tales of Eldalorn. Hey, did you know you could check out a copy of Tales of Eldalorn? Call your local library and request it. Having books in libraries means more reviews, more readers, more word of mouth. And most libraries have online sites, so you don't even have to leave home to do it. All the information you need to order a book from a library is on carlybond.com. Elvish Lesson of the Day Nen vera lalith veranai agavanim Nen ver a lalith veranai agavanim Sweet water and joyous laughter till we next meet Nen vera lalith veranai agavanim Thank you.